0: Part 16. Branches crackled and snapped overhead, falling to the forest floor in crashes of sparks and cinder. My grandpa's face and the tree trunks surrounding me howled. You'd destroy the whole wood? That's the wonderful thing about this planet, Perdiem said. It always grows back. Without the madness of man, I suspect it'll return even more expansive, greener, and more full of life than ever before. He descended slowly, drifting through the flame kissed canopy. You see, he said, touching down on the dirt next to us. In the world to come, I cannot allow you to whisper your poison into the minds of my children. You must be amputated from this earth, Harold. You'd fuck yourself if you could manage it, wouldn't you? I said. You really do love listening to your own bullshit. Perdinium glanced over his shoulder, staring at me for a moment before striking me in the chest with the back of his hand. I let out a wheeze as my body rocketed backward. Branches cutting at me as cleared the tree line and crumpled onto the stone shore. Pain bloomed in my right ankle, and I looked down to see it twisted in the entirely wrong direction. Fuck. Vampire or not, that didn't look good. I tried to stand back up, but only stumbled to the ground. My damn foot couldn't support my weight. I set my jaw, hating my big mouth. There was no way I could get back to Perdiem's corpse like this. The currents had been enough of a struggle with two working feet. If I tried to dive in now, I'd be at their mercy, and probably end up getting diced apart on some rocks. I needed to do something, though. I wasn't dead yet, and the flames were definitely getting hotter. I let this drag out, I didn't have a pile of ash or some melted flesh on a grotesque skeleton. I may not have his corpse, but I did have one of other options, and it was close at hand, the dagger. I took a moment to weigh my options before realizing I no longer had any. I grunted, crawling toward the blade. I'm sorry, Eric. This wasn't the ending either of us wanted. Hell, I hadn't even wanted to come back to this nightmare cabin, but looking back, would it really have made any difference if we hadn't? Like Jake said, he would have just picked up some wayward hitchhikers and dosed them in our place. The world would still be ending, but I wouldn't even have the chance to save it. I reached the blade and gripped the leather hilt, breathing a sigh of relief. No agonizing burning sensation. Good. I rolled on the side to get my bearings, then crawled toward Per Diem, who was still speaking to my grandfather's face in the tree bark. As I neared them, I caught wind of their conversation. I'm sorry, Grandpa said to Per Diem. To every damn person alive. "'Sorry for even looking at those damn books "'when I should have tossed them in the blasted kiln "'and never looked back. "'I imagine you'll be arriving in the afterlife soon enough. "'You can tell them yourself.' "'You're a demon!' Grandpa's voice broke off "'as a blazing section of canopy fell from the treetops, "'crashing to the earth in a flurry of spark and flame. "'One damn near fell on top of me, "'kicking up red-hot cinders and searing my flesh, "'but I held them in my tongue, "'not daring to make a sound while I was still close to Perdiem. "'Sorry, Harold,' Perdiem said.' breaking into a fit of laughter. You were saying something? Go to hell, Grandpa groaned, flames licking at his face in the tree trunk. All you deserve. Hell is such a human concept, isn't it? Perdim clasped his hands behind his back. To live in a world so terrible and so full of horror that you create a place in your mind even worse, just to feel more comfortable in your suffering. Truly insane. I clawed closer, using his words as cover for my movements. Well, that and the falling sky. A heavy snap sounded above and I froze, then I nearly shit myself as a branch smashed into a thicket next to me, exploding in a towering inferno. Fuck, that was close, too close. The only insanity I see is what's standing in front of me, Grandpa said, you don't belong in this world, now get out and leave us be. On the contrary, a splash sounded from the river, then another one, this time absolutely massive. Drops of water sizzled down from the treetops and I paused. Now just a few feet away from Perdium. Diem, the dagger still clutched firmly in my hand. I shifted my body sideways so that I could get a good look at the water. The river wasn't far from us, but it was difficult to make out through the smoke. Focus, Matt. I had long since lost the luxury of worrying about splashes. I had to end this now and quickly, for Eric, for all of us. I raised the dagger, lurching another inch closer per diem in. Something cla- something crashed through the canopy, landing in the blazing thicket next to me with a wet thud. I froze, my mind racing. In the short span of time, I'd seen this thing falling. I was almost certain I, was, I recognized it. What I didn't understand was how it got into the air and out of the river, because that thing was Per Diem's corpse. The cosmic dick didn't waste any time acknowledging it. His face snarling in rage, and he dashed toward his now softly smoking corpse, cursing in a language I didn't know or care to know. He didn't so much as look at me as he moved to step by me. I wouldn't be able to close the distance enough quick enough for a kill shot, but I could slow him down. Maybe long enough for his corpse to burn, and then I could get Eric out of here. We might both die in a forest fire, but that seemed a good deal better than being enslaved to a jackass for the rest of eternity. I swung the dagger and caught Perdiam unaware, right through his calf. He staggered to a knee, letting loose a feral roar. Steam hissed from the wound, in the exact way I'd done when I'd used the scalpel on Nolan. Good, so Silver could hurt him. He wheeled on me, kicking the dagger free of my hand. You, he screamed. I smirked, happy with... That his arrogance, if nothing else, had given me the chance to deliver some kind of pain upon him. He reached down to grab me, but shock-painted his features and he fell forward, flat on his face. The hell? I looked past him. A massive long tentacle had wrapped itself around his leg and was pulling him away from me. He spun around, kicking free of the appendage and snapping it open in a shower of blood. It recoiled, racing back to where it'd come from, racing back to the river. I squinted through the black smoke and my jaw dropped. A massive creature rose from the water, surrounded by an army of snapping tentacles. It looked like a sea monster, or some kind of kraken. Was this another one of Grandma's experiments? If it was, I had no idea that it could get this Titanic. Oh, what a lovely surprise, Brudium growled, rising to his feet and staring daggers at the creature in the river. More insubordination, my favorite human flaw. Another tentacle flung out, but he dodged it easily. This time he placed his hands on it as he passed him, then gripped it with a more powerful squeeze his fingers digging into his flesh. Letting loose a roar, he pulled the tentacle apart, drenching Eric in crimson blood and causing the sea monster to writhe in agony. He seized his opening and dashed for the corpse, which now snapped and popped with the roaring flames. Before he could reach it though, three more tentacles re- raced out, snatching him in their grasp and pulling him through the woods. His hands clutched at the dirt helplessly, desperately trying to grab into anything he could, but it was useless. A moment later, the tentacles lifted him up and stole him from the tree line, over the river. He dangled there, pulling apart the appendages of the sea creature, but every time he did, two more would take their place. Eventually, the monster had him wrapped in ten of them, so much that per diem's shouts of rage had been suffocated entirely. My memories came back to me. I recalled Jake and Grandma's conversation about Mom, mentioning that she'd gone for a swim and had one last dose of the serum. They mentioned that during a horrible week, she had been watching us from the river. Then was that thing Mom? I said weakly. The Kraken squealed as per diem continued to tear it, quite literally limb from limb. I looked around, searching for the dagger, in case it came to it, but couldn't see anything. There was so much chaos in the forest now, the blaze and smoke made it impossible to discern much of anything. He'll kill her! I looked up, seeing Grandpa's pained face in the tree bark in front of me. He'll kill my sweet Alice, and then he'll come and pull his corpse free of the flames. He sounded so defeated, so morose. The body's already burning. If she can just hold him for a little longer. An angry scream rang out, followed by several deafening splashes. Through the trees, I saw my mother collapse into the river, either dead or defeated. Mom, I shouted. You have to stop Matthew. I'm unable to affect things as I am. I crawled toward her. Make sure the corpse burns, Grandpa shouted. You can't do anything for her, but you can still make the world right. Again, I felt the strange sensation of wanting to cry but being unable to. I bashed my head on the ground, my body feeling so hot I could barely think. The only thing that offered me any protection from the damn heat was the DNA and old leather jacket, but even that barely covered a half of my torso. Per diem crashed in front of me, landing beside the thicket where his body burned. I'd never seen him look desperate before, but he certainly looked the part now. It made sense now. He needed to save himself, and he didn't waste any time. He strode into the flames, kneeling to retrieve his corpse. Thick black smoke billowed from the many-eyed abomination. It was melting, but slowly. How much longer would it take? It was clearly made of stronger stuff than human flesh. Perdim turned and exited the Inferno, and I saw just how much damage he'd suffered. His eyes, once cold and flecked with gold, were now faded, empty things. Steam hissed from them, and from every other opening in his face. His mouth, his ears, and even his nose. He was dying. I just had to slow him down, only a little longer. I staggered to my feet, ignoring the anguish of standing on my snapped foot. He strode past me, so arrogant that he didn't even bother to look my way. I'd change that. I lunged, swiping him with a set of serrated claws, splitting open Eric's backside in a shower of sizzling blood. That should slow him down some. He kept walking, unconcerned. The wounds on his backside healed nearly as soon as they'd appeared, the flesh stitching itself back together as though by magic. Wait, I shouted. I had to get his attention. I had to keep him where he was in the heat. We were so close, so damn close. This couldn't end with him just walking away. I said, wait, you fucker. "'Die in this fire, Matthew,' Perdiom said, his voice echoing on the wood. "'He didn't so much as look over his shoulder at me. "'You're unworthy of death by my hand.' "'I opened my mouth to goad him again, but I knew it was helpless. "'He wasn't as stupid as Jake without the dagger. "'I didn't have a way to stop him. "'I needed silver.' "'Perdiom reached a clearing and stopped. "'Then his feet left the ground, and he began drifting upward the son of a bitch was going to fly out of here, leave the rest of us to die, and then turn the world into monsters.' and I let it all happen. I gave it my humanity to stop this and set things right, and all I managed was to convince Per Diem to start a forest fire. I had nothing left. I'd lost the dagger, I'd lost the fight. All I was the old leather jacket, a heart full of regrets. Wait, my jacket. I swallowed all of my fear, prepared myself for the agony that come, and then launched myself at Per Diem. I'd soared through the air, my ankles screaming at me, and my heartbeat thundering in my chest. I reached a hand inside my jacket and pain exploded across my palm. Tendrils of steam hissed from my, clo- my closed fist as I rose my hand to the air, holding the silver scalpel I'd pocketed in the cave. I collided with Per Diem, catching him by surprise and buried the scalpel into his back. He had unleashed an underworldly scream as the two of us plummeted back to earth, crashing into the dirt in a cloud of ash and cinder. I moved to reorient myself, but he was faster. He dropped his corpse at his feet and reached for me. His eyes filled with fury I'd never seen before and likely would never see again. I recoiled, knowing this was it. It was finished. But his arm never reached me. His hand hovered in midair between us, shaking while his expression was a mess of confusion and rage. Insubordinate, vessel, unhand me. I didn't know what was going on, but I reached down, pulling Perdiam's corpse out from beneath him. He gazed helplessly at me, his whole body shaking as he willed it to response. But it stayed locked in place was that eric's doing no time to think on that with a grunt i flung the many-eyed bastard back to the blazing thicket its flames raging taller and fiercer than before pretty much screamed my brother must have lost his hold on him because he stepped toward me but he stumbled steam now exploding from his eyes his mouth his ears he roared in the night his voice no longer the gentle human thing it had resembled but now infernal and horrible i am his body fell forward landing with unceremonious thud on the forest floor silent, unmoving dead, I said I gazed down at my hand where I'd gripped the scalpel the flesh had melted through the bone even the small second I'd held it turns out that silver trick really came in handy I limped over to my brother and tore off a strip from his hoodie wrapping around his mouth and nose not much but it might slow the smoke inhalation some thanks Uncle Nolan I wrapped my jacket around him for extra shielding and lifted Eric's comatose body into my arms. I looked back to the river shore, where I knew my father still lay as a massive lumbering troll. I'm sorry, Dad, I said. I couldn't move him, not like this. There was hope for Eric, though. His face was ghostly white and his breathing was labored, but he was alive. I needed to get as clear of the smoke and heat as fast as I could. Jake's truck would do the trick. It was nearly tucked into the woods and on the side of the road not far from here, and if I could get to it, I had my money that the keys would still be in the ignition. I limped toward the road, through the woods, through the crumbling branches and the heat of the flames. Thank you, Grandpa, I called. Not sure if he could hear me, or if he was even still alive. How much of the trees have been burned down before a soul died with them? Don't thank me, said his voice, though it was strained and hoarse. You did good, son. I could faintly make out his face materializing the bark of the trees with the smoke. You make sure you boys get clear of here. You tell the world what happened. Tell the world, I said. Stumbling as I made my way up a hillbank, cutting straight through the wood, meant getting to the truck quicker, but it also meant the train was untamed. The hell would I want to do that for? If my hunch is right, they're gonna be wondering. His face followed me, appearing on the trees as I limped through the wood. Per diem, by my guess, didn't finish his ritual, but I'll bet he was at least part way there. Part way there? Are you saying that some people might have turned? His face crinkled in the bark. That's it, yeah. there's reports of strangeness or brutality out there, People need to be aware of what it could. His voice tapered off, replaced by a long, pain groan. Of what it could mean, kid. Up ahead was Jake's truck. I could make out its bright white, the smoke, and trees. I'll do that, Grandpa. I turned to him as Eric and I cleared the tree line. Goodbye. Bye, Matthew. I pulled the truck door handle and opened. Unlocked. Good. That was step one dealt with. I loaded Eric into the passenger sheet and shut the door, making my way to the other side. I slid in my lanky vampire body hunched over and compressed, but I couldn't have been happier. The keys were dangling from the ignition. I turned them, and the engine roared to life. The truck shook as the tr- tree keeled over next to us, crashing in a fury of sparks and flames. Time to go. I slammed my foot in the gas, and my brother and I tore away from the cabin and blaze, down the mountain road one last time. So I guess that brings us to now. A lot's happened since the drive up the mountain, but I'll try and fill in the blanks for you. By the time we got clear of the blaze, the forest was swarming with first responders. I got their attention with a few blasts of the horn before beating a hasty retreat back into the woods. I'm mostly certain that nobody saw me. I didn't hear any screams, and I still hadn't seen any found footage of a lanky vampire slinking to the tree line, so that's good. Grandma's cabin burned to an ash, along with most of the mountain. Nobody found any sign of a Sasquatch or troll, or Kraken for that matter, but they did find a strange cave with a lot of interesting books as well as the dead man they've been unable to ID. There's not much news about it, but there's word that the fire was caused by a cult ritual gone wrong, which I mean, it's pretty bang on. I headed up there about a few months afterward, once the investigation wrapped up. I spent a few days wandering up and down the river, calling out for mom. I hadn't been certain per diem had killed her that night, but after the third day of nothing, I accepted that she was gone. I lost her for a second time. I made a small memorial for her and everybody else. It wasn't much, Just some twigs strapped together and some rocks piled up. But it was something to remember my family by. I always thought of them as absentee and aloof, unreliable. I figured they were all gone or didn't care about my brother and I. But the night showed me how wrong I was. Our dad had driven a hundred miles to get to the cabin and save our skin. Our mom had been watching us from the river and did her best to raise Eric while Jake was dosing him with serum. Grandma and Grandpa didn't understand what they were getting into with per diem. And once Grandpa had realized, he gave me the information I needed to stop him, and Uncle Nolan, well, he had been there from the start, since we were boys, trying to warn us and protect us, even while struggling with his own humanity. None of them were perfect, but when the chips were down, they showed up. To me, they're heroes, and I miss them dearly. It's been a couple months now, and I understand that Eric's mostly recovered. Well, as much as he can be. He, was tr- he has trouble walking, and I can see him struggle just getting in the car at times, but he seems happy to be alive. I don't know if he knows that I'm alive or knows what I've become. Sometimes, when I check on him at night, I swear he looks back at me. I wonder if he's seen me in the shadows, but he never said anything, or even really reacted. He just gets back to whatever he was doing. Every now and then I catch bits of the news through old newspapers. I guess Eric told investigators that he and I had gone up to pack our grandma's things, but that the fire kicked up while I was out for a hike. He couldn't find me, but the blaze got so bad he had to get himself down the mountain. He says that he blacked out from smoke inhalation just before the first responders got to him. Not a bad story, all things considered. The authorities believe it, and nobody's trying to pin him with any arson charges. Blame has fallen instead on the John Doe in the cave, a stranger they found surrounded by candles and ritual books. Even in death, Nolan's looking out for Eric. Actually, these days, everybody's looking out for Eric. He's sort of the, become the de facto poster boy for tragedy in the country. Saddest guy around, lost his mother as a kid, then his grandmother, and then when he went to clear up her effects, lost the rest of his family in a freak forest blaze. I'm sure he hates the attention, but it's better than the apocalypse. As for me, I'm getting used to being a monster. I think Jake must have taken a different serum to turn himself back into a man. Because it's been a while now and I still feel like I'm becoming less human as time goes on. My foot's healed though, and I'm back to leaping tall buildings in a single bound and racing locomotives. In fact, there's a train that runs through my new patch of woods about 10 miles from where Grandma set up a shop with her cabin. There's a lot of game for me to hunt over there, and I mostly stay out of the way of people. Mostly. It's getting harder these days. Deer blood and rabbit blood just doesn't have the same taste as Jake's did. And yes, he might have been a Sasquatch, but his blood was human as it could be. It tasted delicious. On that note, I'll be signing off with this last update. There's some hikers nearby and they're distracting the hell out of me. It's tough to focus I'm near people, you know? It's like I can smell their blood through their skin. Fuck, that sounds creepy, but there it is. I'm a vampire. What do you want from me? Seriously, though, I hope they head back to the mountain soon. After all, it's nearly dark.